This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. A historic hearing on UFOs will take place on Capitol Hill this week. The long-running effort to keep to get to the truth, but will there be answers? DeSantis in the hot seat. Florida approves a new black history curriculum in schools, sparking criticism from both Republicans and Democrats. And bye-bye birdie. Twitter rebrands to X, losing their iconic blue bird logo. How the change could affect the way people consume news on the social media platform. Welcome to The Hill on News Nation. I'm Elizabeth Pran, and we have a great panel joining us this evening. Scott Bolden, former D.C. Democratic Party chairman and legal analyst. The one and only Chris Steyerwalt, News Nation political editor and senior fellow at the American Enterprise Institute. Mark Lauder, former special assistant to President Trump and chief communications officer at American First Policy Institute. And Julia Manchester, national political reporter at The Hill. Tonight, are we alone or does the government know that there are more out there? Lawmakers are pressing for transparency on whistleblowers' accusations, a story first reported here on News Nation. They're demanding answers about what the federal government knows about unidentified aerial phenomena, or UAPs. That's ahead of Wednesday's congressional hearing. News Nation's Kelly Meyer joins us now with more. Kelly? Hey, there was so much interest in this hearing that they're likely going to have to turn some folks away. I was just talking with uh, members on this committee, and they say the phones have been ringing off the hook since they announced this hearing. And they are expecting a high demand and folks to be lining up very early for this hearing at 10 a.m. Eastern on Wednesday to hear what these witnesses have to say, one of them, as you mentioned, you heard for you heard from first here on News Nation. The committee is directing these people to watch the hearing online on the live stream instead of coming in in person. But that might not stop these UFO enthusiasts that are waiting for more answers. The Republican lawmaker that's leading the charge, Tennessee Congressman Tim Burchett, we're told is going to be hammering for transparency. The last hearing in the House was partially closed to the public. This time. There will be only one public hearing with three witnesses, one of them whistleblower David Grush, a former intelligence community official who spoke exclusively with News Nation, claiming that the U.S. government has for decades recovered non-human craft with non-human species inside. Congressman Burchett is promising to get to the bottom of what is happening and what he says the Pentagon could be hiding. But just imagine if there is a craft out there that can travel light years at these incredible speeds that we, it's not even imaginable. We can't even comprehend it as humans, those pictures you're seeing there. Just imagine what that would do. That show no heat trail to any of the most, uh, you know, quality, the best sensors in the world. Imagine what that would do to the energy complex. The industrial war complex would be out of business overnight. Now, Congressman Burchett says during a recent trip to an Air Force base in Florida, he and other lawmakers that were expecting to be a part of a briefing on UFOs were allegedly blocked by the Pentagon and other military leaders. In response, the Pentagon told News Nation, quote, 
DOD takes its congressional reporting requirements seriously and is committed to timely and thorough reporting to Congress. Arrow regularly reports on its progress to the Congress. Arrow represents the All-Domain Anomaly Resolution Office. Now this hearing will be taking up a lot of oxygen on Capitol Hill this week. All the buzz in the House about UFOs and unidentified aerial phenomena. I'm told this is something that is bringing both sides together, something we don't see often on Capitol Hill, a bipartisan mission to find the answers to questions many have been asking for decades. Elizabeth. All right, Kelly, we'll be watching. Thank you so much. Appreciating. Appreciate it. Joining us now to discuss is Bryce Zabel. He's an investigative journalist who met with UFO whistleblower David Grush one day before he sat down with an interview with News Nation. Bryce, thank you so much for joining us. You know, if I'm not mistaken, there hasn't been hearings on UFOs since the 1960s. So why now? Well, hearings are starting because uh, there's there's things to talk about. I mean, if you think about it, uh, we've had two hearings already, but they were kind of what people like to say nothing burgers in that they weren't exciting. They were trying to explain the whole thing and explain it away. This hearing, because uh, Congressman Burchett is in charge, is apt to be a whole different thing because he's clearly on the record, as you just pointed out, for uh, wanting to get to the bottom of this enduring mystery. And the only thing I would say is, uh, this is not a new story that just started happening in the 2000s or, or even more recent than that. This goes back to World War II. Uh, these things have been reported for a long, long time, many, many decades. And so it's, it's actually long overdue for us to start having these, these hearings. And as you pointed out, the last time we had a major one before this run of three was 1968. That's 54 years by my recollection. Okay, so who are we going to be hearing from? Why, I mean, why, why now? Why is it so important? Burchett has three different people here. Uh, for people that know a lot about this, they probably won't be all that surprised by them. But for people that haven't been following the story very well, this could be a, a barn burner. The first, as you pointed out, is David Grush. He is the first official whistleblower under the uh, Defense Department. Uh, appropriations bill uh, language that was passed a year ago. And he has come forward and, man, he's ready to talk about uh, crash retrievals, uh, intact craft, reverse engineering by aerospace companies, and yes, the B word, bodies. So he's quite... uh, He's quite an attraction. I don't know if it quite qualifies as Barbenheimer uh, quality, but it's going to be a big one. And then the other two people are both Navy pilots, uh, David Fravor and Ryan Graves, both of which have experienced this phenomenon in their own uh, activities as extremely competent naval pilots and great witnesses, one of them on the uh, East Coast, one of them on the West Coast, uh, one in 2004, one in 2015. Uh, David Fravor saw the famous tic-tac, that is the long tic-tac-shaped object that had no wings, no visible means of propulsion, no heat signatures, and yet was able to go from 80,000 feet to sea level in less than a second. And the other, Ryan Graves, saw what amounted to uh, basically spheres, uh, gray spheres with, um, uh, with cubes inside them. I know that sounds outrageous, but how do these things fly? How do they keep up with our FA-18s? These are good questions that I think some of the uh, representatives on the panel are going to want some answers to. I think you had a question, Scott. Yeah, uh, Scott Bolden here. Bryce, um, you know, this congressional hearings and the witnesses, 
But is that enough to get to the bottom line? I mean, wouldn't an investigatory committee or the Pentagon or a presidential commission have subpoena power really get to the bottom of this? Oh, I think we do need more. This, I look at this uh, as, as just a predicate for what's to come. This is sort of establishing the baseline. Grush is there, of course, because he's been in the news so much, frankly, because of the News Nation coverage of the last couple of months. Uh, the other two have been able to tell their stories freely and publicly, uh, and so they'll tell their stories again. But there's no question whatsoever that we need more investigations, we need more data collection. But I think the thing that uh, a lot of people in Congress are feeling is that they've been lied to for decades about this. They've been told nothing to see here. Just move along, folks. Uh, if there's anything, we'll tell you about it. That turned out not to be true because uh, starting in 2017, we found out that our government, which told us it wasn't investigating UFOs or UAP, whichever you want to call it, was in fact doing just that. So we have to, we have to get serious about this. And there's a lot of uh, senators and congresspeople who are saying exactly what your question suggests, that it's time to roll up our sleeves, ask the uncomfortable questions, and demand the legitimate answers. Well, we're grateful for your time, Bryce Zabel. Thank you so much. Certainly, uh, we hope to have uh, more answers than questions as of Wednesday this week. But let's bring in our panel now. Uh, Julia, Republican Senator Marco Rubio on the Senate Intelligence Committee has been quite vocal that he feels like lawmakers are getting blocked by the Pentagon. True, not true? What are the details of that? Well, other lawmakers are saying that's true. Okay. In fact, we've seen uh, Congressman Tim Burchett, Matt Gates, Anna Paulina Luna all talk about this. In fact, the three of them went to Florida to meet with pilots, and they said at the very last second, they were prevented from meeting with these pilots. So you're hearing that on the Republican side, but some Democrats have been vocal as well, including uh, Congressman Jared Moskowitz. He's essentially said that this is um, lawmakers' obligation to get this information to taxpayers. And I know it's easy to look at this UFO story and think, oh, are we alone? Is there other life out there? <laughs> right. But there's also this other element in that these are government-funded programs, and shouldn't America have the right to know what's flying around, you know, above them, what's um, happening, what these programs are, you know, what, what their taxpayer dollars are funding. So I think that's what you're hearing from Republicans and Democrats. OK, interesting. Well, certainly we're going to have more on this as the week continues. But in the meantime, coming up on Cuomo tonight, a News Nation exclusive, Chris Mellon, the former Defense Department official under Clinton and George W. Bush and the highest ranking defense official to lobby for investigations into UAPs. He will join Chris Cuomo tonight. That is at 8 p.m. Eastern right here on News Nation. You don't want to miss it, especially with the news going on this week. But in the meantime, let's turn to the race for the White House. Republican candidates are now just one month away from their first debate in Milwaukee. Are you excited? This is a third indictment. That's this as a third indictment is looming over former President Donald Trump and the rest of the GOP field. Nikki Haley is certainly taking the opportunity to use Trump's possible third indictment against him this morning. Here she is. You look at these indictments, there's probably going to be a fourth indictment. Right. We can't have, as Republicans, him as the nominee. He can't win a general election. That's the problem. We've got to go and have someone who can actually win. All right, back to our panel. Chris, you know I'm going to go to you over this one, right? Are we going to see a gentleman that is receiving the GOP nomination while facing a number of serious criminal charges? Well, it's certainly possible, and the criminal charges help Donald Trump 
with base Republican voters who believe him that the system is rigged and it's a two-tiered and all of this stuff. It's proof of concept for his pitch, so it helps him, certainly. Um, but the other thing that will happen over time is as you get to that first debate, and the first debate is a, is a key way station mm-hmm. that helps voters start to make up their minds to say, you know, this is a, a deeply flawed, deeply troubled person who tried to steal a second term. Do we want to carry that freight into the general election? Certainly Nikki Haley thinks that that's an argument that will will come into, will hove into view as Republicans get to the point where they're thinking about not what makes them feel emotionally good, but what's a more practical choice for the general election. You know, Mark, as we head into that, that next debate, and there was some news today that um, DeSantis is rebranding himself. He's sort of going to go out on his own. You know, are we going to see him maybe come up a little bit stronger ahead of this debate? I don't really think so. I think that... The, uh, it's failure to launch right now. And the fact that he's having to retool a month before, I mean, he had a lot of momentum right after his election. He rode that for many months, but then that momentum went away. And it's, a, it's difficult to actually rebuild that and to recapture it. And what we're seeing is there's really only a couple of candidates who are now rising in the polls and Ron DeSantis is not one of them. And he won't get hurt with the indictment, with, with the possibility of an indictment. He won't. In the Republican race, every time they indict him, Donald Trump gets stronger and stronger. And, but this general election is not coming down yeah. to the Trump indictments. But with four trials coming up, he's gonna, Donald Trump's going to have to find time to be in the courtroom, at least on the criminal cases. He's got civil cases. He's going to have to find time to campaign and to debate his colleagues, which is why I don't think he's going to do it. But more importantly, the millions and millions of dollars of these campaign contributions are going into the lawyers' pockets who are defending him in civil and criminal cases, and that's going to, be a, that's going to wear down his political coffers as well. Well, but the, 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 many of his supporters believe he is the, uh, the, uh, the epitomization of weaponization of government. Okay. And that Donald Trump is the only thing standing between a weaponized government and coming after them. So they will continue donating for that. I think, I think when you look at recent polling that shows that Republicans believe, and uh, we looked at new polling for Fox Business uh, mm-hmm. that came out over the weekend, and Republicans in both South Carolina and Iowa said, Trump was way ahead in both states uh, and that he was also way ahead in the metric of who would be best to face Joe Biden. And I think that goes exactly to what you're saying. The core about Trump's hustle is he says the system is rigged. And so, therefore, I you have to condone my outrageous behavior. You have to condone the bad things that I do because the system is so bad, is so corrupt that only I can do it. Dave Chappelle talked about it, I think, very convincingly one time on Saturday Night Live. But the idea is that a guy walks out of a rigged game, says, I know the game is rigged and I'm the only one who can go in and do it. And for a lot of Republican voters who are so angry at the government, they're so uh Paranoid is too strong a word, but who uh, are deeply, uh, deeply held belief that there's a conspiracy arrayed against them. Donald Trump keeps them captive in that way. But he's got two federal indictments and two state indictments, and they can't all be wrong. That can't all be weaponization, can it? Be? Well, the Democrats at some sir- point. At some point, now hold on. At some point. The Republican, the GOP is going to have to figure out how they get to the White House in 2024. And it's not through Donald Trump because he may, may be incarcerated or may be sitting in federal court defending himself and his personal liberty. When you talk about politics and raising money and how he goes up in the polls, Donald Trump Trump is thinking about his personal liberty. I will just say that's a big gamble that Democrats are taking in, in plumping for Trump and wishing for Trump that they'll be able to dispatch him in the next general election. Uh, if they miss, 
right? And there will be serious consequences. Where's he, he going to get his votes on the independent side? Oh, very easily. Not enough. Seven percent are against Trump. One more topic to get to, but you, okay. you first. Trump, you yeah. first. Uh, in I, the I general election, it's going to be Trump is a criminal. Biden and his family are criminals. Who's going to uh, lower my gas prices? Who's going to deal with inflation? I'll get my That's what it gets it. Sounds there fun. You go again. Sounds fun. Julia, before, before <laughs> we move on, I want to get this one yeah. question in because I, I had this this headline in my in my head. Uh, Speaker McCarthy is in a rock and a hard place. Not the first time we've seen it, but we are seeing it now. And it has to do with the fact that some of his right, really far right, want to see that that word impeachment gone. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, this is something that he's been facing pressure to do. Um, I think it's something that plays well with the base in terms of whether he does it. We'll have to see. Um, but it's something he's obviously facing. pressure. Yeah, to do. And we've we've seen that headline before. <laughs> we're, we're just happening to see it again. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much. We're going to move on to our next topic so we can fit it all in. And while Trump remains engaged in his legal and political battles, his opponents in the 2024 race remain far behind. We just heard it, according to the polls. Republican presidential hopeful Vivek, did I say that correctly? Did I say it correctly? Yes. Mm-hmm. Vivek? Okay. Ran Swami. <laughs> He'll take it. He'll take I, it. I mean, sure. I just want I was he wants the mention. I, I yes. really want to make sure that I get it right. Uh, Raswami is now neck and neck with former Vice President Mike Pence. The real clear politics national average showing Raswami is one point away from a tie for third place. So joining us now to discuss his growth is News Nation national correspondent Robert Sherman. Hey, Robert. Hey there, Elizabeth. And yeah, there have been a few bigger surprises so far in the early stage of the 2024 presidential race than the surging of Vivek Ramaswamy. And taking a deeper dive into his campaign's finances, our own News Nation Research Department found he's raised about $7.7 million from April 1st to June 30th. That includes $5 million of his own money. $8.1 million has been spent. The campaign has a war chest worth about $9 million. No candidate has spent more time campaigning in the key states of Iowa and New Hampshire so far than Ramaswamy. Over 30 days already, this campaign allowed us to tag along for some behind-the-scenes access where he acknowledges that the campaign believes they're ahead of where they need to be, but there's much more work to be done. One person whose strength seems to have not wavered is former President Trump's. And you still see in the polls large leads over Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and you. If things don't change over the next couple of months, he's going to walk to the nomination. So how do you change things? The debates are going to be crucial. If you had looked at the race at this time in 2015, you would have drawn dramatically wrong conclusions. I'm the outsider in this race. As you said, many people in this country yet don't know who I am. The debate stage and otherwise will be my chance to introduce myself to audiences that have really never heard of me or don't know me well. Wami's team announced that they have hit that donor requirement uh, in order to uh, make the debate stage. 65,000 donations individually have come in for Ramaswamy. About 40% of them have come in from first-time donors. So he says the big thing for him, yeah, the debate stage is going to be key, but also in addition to that, it's just going to come down to name recognition and getting his name more out there. Elizabeth? All right. Robert, thank you. Yeah, I won't have to practice it because apparently it sounds like we're going to be hearing it quite a bit. I want to bring in our panel now. Chris, do you think he has the possibility of getting the nomination? Well, uh, it's unlikely that he would, but he certainly has a possibility of having a moment. Uh, this is how these races change. You start out, and we said, oh, it's a two-man race. It's uh, DeSantis, Meatball versus uh, Trump. 
And then it's, oh, no, it's just going to be Trump. Trump's going to walk. Republicans have wanted to fast forward, skip ahead through this process, but we are really just at the beginning. We're still just a month away from the first debate, which is the cue to voters to start making up their minds. Ramaswamy is an appealing figure in many ways. He's media savvy. He's self-funding. The stunts that he did to get on that debate stage and raise, hit the donor threshold and all of that jazz. So here's what happens. Guys like this. Voters say, you know, I'm a little sick of Trump. I like one thing Ramaswamy said there. So he lose 2% there. And then one come over here, and then pretty soon he's kind of having a moment. Then some other people come on, and the next thing you know, the race becomes more fluid. This race is going to get more fluid in the coming months, and it's going to change. We don't know in what direction, but Ramaswamy is indicative of the kind of candidate that changes that dynamic. Well, I would love for you all the way in, but I'm going to get yelled at if we don't get to our sponsors. So we'll be back after the He got a long way to go. I'll go back. He got a long way to go. Listen, by the end end of it, I'm going to get his name right. So good. Uh, Coming up, Ron DeSantis' new battle is not on the campaign trail. It's in the classroom. We're going to discuss the controversy and whether or not it could impact his presidential run. And the bird has taken flight. Elon Musk rebrands Twitter, replacing the iconic blue logo with an X. So will the new look change anything at all? Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome back. The White House this afternoon attacking Florida's new curriculum on African-American history, saying it prevents an honest account of the nation's past. One of the most controversial aspects of the standards of concerns is for the lessons of middle schoolers. So I want you to look at your screen. It reads in part, slaves develop skills which in some instances could be applied for their personal benefit. So Vice President Kamala Harris traveled to Florida last Friday to attack the plan. Here she is. They want to replace history with lies. (laughs) Middle school students in Florida to be told that enslaved people benefited from slavery. They insult us in an attempt to gaslight us. And we will not have it. And we will not have it. Governor Ron DeSantis, as you probably know, has waited on social issues in the past, defended the curriculum. Here he is. You should talk to them about it. I mean, I didn't do it and I wasn't involved in it. Um, but I think um, I think what they're doing is I think that they're probably going to show um, some of the folks that eventually parlayed, uh, you know, being a blacksmith into into doing things later later in life. Um, but the reality is all of that is rooted in whatever is factual. All right, let's go to our panel now. I'm not, I'm not taking a stance, Scott. I, I want to turn with you. I have an, an mm-hmm. honest observation here. Mm-hmm. The vice president, and again, I said I'm not, I don't have an opinion. The vice mm-hmm. president was very strong in her response. And then we heard uh, the governor. I, I don't feel as if he had a strong response on that. That's called the runaway. Okay. I didn't have anything to do with it, if you will. 
Well, that's a pretty powerful statement that the Florida Education Group put out. It's uh, ridiculous and offensive. And uh, really, this whole issue of rewriting history for people of color and specifically African Americans, America struggles with the race question. It always has. And yet... Um, this is to, we are still trying to form a more perfect union. And so young people and adults, right, you learn from your past. This, uh, we don't have a great history with Amer- the American Indian. We don't have a great history with the Jewish uh, culture and faith. And so as a result, this country's got to get comfortable with the race question, but erasing it and saying that slaves somehow benefited from being a blacksmith just doesn't get it. It's just false. And by the way, if you got, if you were trained after being beaten, raped, and shot, and killed, and run down by dogs, and you had a skill set for a blacksmith, then what did you, what you do with that skill set? Because when you, if you ran away, you couldn't use it, and who knows how long it took before the, the slaves were freed. But here's the question, right? If slavery wasn't so bad, who on this panel would like to trade their ancestry culture for slaves or for a person of color? I don't think you got any takers here, right? And so it's just really offensive and not good for America. And it doesn't get DeSantis to the end zone regarding the GOP nomination. So I I do want to read, uh, and I appreciate your response. I'm going to read a a Department of Education defending their standards. Um, To be fair, they write in part, any unbiased observer could conclude to be in-depth and comprehensive African-American history standards. They incorporate all components of African-American history, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So we're talking about the defense uh, defense of the department here, but I want to weave in DeSantis' response. And Mark, um, you know, is that a misstep? Does he need to take a more strong stance and maybe take this statement and say, no, I hear you, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah, this is really respo- this is a this is really surprising for me because this is his wheelhouse. <laughs> I mean, when the New York Times and Kamala Harris attack him, that's mm-hmm. his that's his moneymaker. He should go right into it. And he missed he dropped the ball there. I mean, I mean, he even has the former commissioner of the U.S. Civil Rights Commission, Dr. Uh, William Allen, mm-hmm. who was on the advisory board that created this standard and said the vice president is wrong. It's categorically false. That's not what this is teaching. And yet he ran away and said, I didn't do it. This is not me. It's based on a bill he signed mm-hmm. that created these new standards. This was a big opportunity for him to take his culture I, I war, think it continue, and he missed it. I think it continues to be a big opportunity for him. Uh, the, uh, I read the standards, mm-hmm. and this is one line in— One line, by the way. Yeah, in mm-hmm. 75 lines of, I, I think, a—, a basically unobjectionable uh, list of things that was put together with a group of esteemed scholars. And I, I think this is the Democrats looking for a way to tune Harris up. Can they get her out on the trail? Can they use her for the role that you have to use your vice president for when you're an incumbent, which is to be on the attack? Can you get out there and be the attack dog? Uh, so they're trying her out in that role. But I will say this. This is a blessing for Ron DeSantis. This is, for Republicans, I have, never, I have not seen so far Republicans of such a broad spectrum unite behind Ron DeSantis in this nominating contest. There's nothing like having Kamala Harris and the New York Times come after a Republican to kick in that Palin effect and have people feeling good about him. But, but they're not doing that, though. It's a false narrative. And they're running from it. Republicans and Democrats are running from this one line. They should take that one line out, quite frankly. And I don't think it hurts them politically to do that. I All right, Julia, what do you think? <laughs> Look, it, I, I think we have to go. <laughs> <laughs> Is that Ron DeSantis? I was going to try to give you a couple seconds. Like but, I was gonna, but, now, but now I know I'm going to go to you right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> You're next. Coming up, Big Tech Backlash. As kids and teens spend 
spend more time on social media. If you're a parent, you know this. School districts across the U.S. are being urged to sue those big companies like Meta and TikTok. We'll tell you why. For more than a century, AM radio has evolved to meet the needs of our community. In their car, at home, or on the job, more than 80 million listeners depend on AM radio each month. AM radio is also the backbone of the emergency alert system, which keeps us safe in dangerous times. It's reliable, free, and public safety depends on it. Text AM to 52886 and tell Congress we need AM radio in cars. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. Do you want to make a difference in your community? Volunteer with your local fire department. Operational and non-operational positions are available, and training is provided. Anyone can be a volunteer. You just need the heart and drive to make a difference where it's needed most. When your community needs you, will you be there to answer the call? Learn more about volunteering at makemeafirefighter.org. That's makemeafirefighter.org. Hi, it's Frank from Access. Imagine the feeling of a parent bringing home their child who has been suffering from a devastating illness or injury, and the parents wonder if things will ever be the same. That's where Welcome Home Angel steps in. They're a nonprofit 501c3 organization creating accessible living spaces and healthy, cheerful environments in which to live and recover. To learn if you're eligible for a makeover, to donate to these amazing families, or just get involved, visit welcomehomeangel.com. Change a room, change a life. It's an era of politics like we've never seen. A new kind of politics needs a new kind of program you can trust. Welcome to The Hill on News Nation. I'm Leland Vitter. Introducing The Vice Hill. President Mike Pence joins us now. I welcome President Biden taking his record to the American people. DC's definitive source for nonpartisan political news. The Hill, weekdays at 5, 4 Central on News Nation. To find News Nation on your screen, go to joinnn.com. We are the Veterans Health Administration, and our hands provide life-changing care to over 9 million veterans across more than 1,200 facilities nationwide. Join hands with us to make an impact in your community. Learn more at vacareers.va.gov. Lake Michigan. Our beautiful beaches stretch for miles. And thanks to Adopt-A-Beach Cleanup volunteers, more of these shorelines are healthier, safer, and beautiful. Alliance for the Great Lakes wants you to join this movement with thousands of others that get out each year and make a real difference. About 85% of beach litter is plastic, but with your help, we're cleaning it up. It's fun, easy, and means so much. Go to greatlakes.org adopt and join us on the beach. You're listening to The Hill on News Nation. To find News Nation on your screen, go to joinnn.com. Hi, I'm Ryan Blaney, a third generation race car driver, and I dedicate a lot of my time going fast. But when my grandpa was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, it was a very unexpected bump in the road for us. It's important to notice if older family members are acting differently or having trouble with routine tasks. Early detection of Alzheimer's can give your family time to explore support services and access available treatments. If you or your family are noticing changes, it could be Alzheimer's. Talk about seeing a doctor together. Visit alz.org slash time to talk. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. This is your captain. We are going to be experiencing some slight turbulence. Please fasten your... Oh, hold on. Just got a video of my cat. Imagine the pilot of an airplane was as confident as you are texting and driving. Seems kind of crazy when you put it like that. 
Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. When it comes to a gun suicide attempt, all it takes is a moment. Heather and I had an argument just like any other couple. I was lost. I had snapped. I had a gun, and I was going to take my own life. Heather helped me realize that there was still a life to live for the better of myself, my family. My weapon is now safely put away. A moment of crisis can happen to anyone. Store your guns, locked, unloaded, and away from ammo. Hear more safe stories at endfamilyfire.org. Brought to you by Brady and the Ad Council. Welcome back. Nearly 200 school districts are suing big social media companies. They claim they target kids with addictive algorithms, causing a mental health crisis. As the Wall Street Journal reported, the litigation attempts to really go around laws that prevent social media companies from being sued because of their content. They said it's their content posted on their platforms, not the platforms themselves. In the suit, the social media companies argue that they can't be sued because, quote, claims are based on the creation of dissemination of content by others, from videos about viral pranks and online challenges to images that allegedly invite personal comparisons. So joining us now is Phil Federico, a lawyer who is representing 60 school boards from across the country against social media platforms in a separate case. So Phil, I know you're in a separate case, but it's very, very similar. Tell me your argument in this case. Well, the argument in this case is pretty simple. Uh, These companies are very well funded and they have spent millions and even billions of dollars creating platforms and algorithms designed to attract children and really teenagers to use their product in a fashion which will promote the advertising income that they receive. And really what's happened is there's been a lot of research done uh, by the CDC and a lot of peer-reviewed medical journals, which established that in the last decade or so, there's been a dramatic increase in mental health problems amongst teenagers. There is really a mental health epidemic that the country faces And these research uh, articles that are out have substantiated the fact that it is significantly attributable to the increase in social media. Uh, So we think it's very clear that while these social media companies would like to argue that this is content-driven, it's not content-driven. It is addictive-driven based on platforms and algorithms that are designed to really exploit these children. Uh, You know, what they do is they reward these children throughout the process by giving them hearts or likes or upvotes and the children become addicted to it such that dopamines are actually released in the brain it gives them this sense of euphoria and they become very sort of obsessed if you will with the validation social validation that these algorithms and platforms create so it really is a problem uh, that these children are, are suffering with and the school boards in particular that we represent Uh, They are spending a lot of time diverting resources uh, and funds to deal with this. I mean, they just they can't educate the kids anymore. A lot of children are spending more than half their time in waking hours on a daily basis. 
Right. Yeah. And so I want to bring Scott in because we and we do have a couple mm-hmm. more questions for you. But Scott is an attorney, so I would love to hear your. Yeah, Phil, Scott Bolden here. Uh, I can see it. I haven't seen the lawsuit, but I've listened to your description. This would see, this lawsuit would be seem to be screaming Section 230 here that protects these technology and social media companies. How do you get around that kind of full defense at the 12B6 level or, you know, summary judgment level? Unless you're, going to, unless you're arguing that Section 230 is unconstitutional or, or inapplicable in connection to your lawsuit. Well, we are going to be making both of those arguments. But to answer your original question, really, it's not a get around. It's a read 230. And if you read 230, it addresses content. And this lawsuit is not based on content. It's a, it's a defective product, defectively designed, designed to addict these children and cause harm. And they know that. So we really don't think the 230 applies to our case because we think the foundation of our case is based on product design, not content. All right. Well, Phil, we're so grateful for your time. Certainly, I could ask you a a myriad of questions. And I would also uh, implore parents to uh, keep a check on your your children's and and their online experiences as well. So speaking of an online experience, the reign of the bluebird has ended on Twitter. Twitter owner Elon Musk has now changed the iconic logo to X. Musk tweeting, and soon we shall bid adieu to the Twitter brand and gradually all the birds. So I want to bring in the panel here. I don't really know who wants to go first on this one because we all... I, I think we don't let her get out of this one. She right. got out of last one. Don't let her get away. Yeah. Her off. I mean, I'll be honest, you, you probably use Twitter quite a lot. Well, it's interesting. I haven't updated the app on my iPhone, yeah. so I wasn't aware until I logged onto my desktop app this morning for Twitter. I was like, what is this axe? It's, <laughs> it's wild because and this obviously comes on the heels of threads being launched. And I think Twitter's got, obviously, it's gotten quite a bit of pushback um, under Elon Musk for some of the changes he's made. There's clearly some differences in the algorithm. And it just, it's as someone who's used the app for 10 years, this just seems like a weird rebranding. I think we're in a weird place with social media. I don't know, you know, whether to post on threads or Twitter. If I post on one, I forget to post on the other. So it's, uh, you know, do do I think this helps Twitter? No, because we all associate the bird with Twitter. It literally makes sense. I don't know what this X means. Okay, but you know what? You can't tell me that this isn't totally calculated. Mark, I want to go to you because there's nothing that he does that's by accident or an overnight decision. This is a well-thought-out decision. And he's also got this fascination with the letter X. I I read his first bank that he started, the online bank that eventually became PayPal was x.com I believe or xbank.com then there's SpaceX and now there's this so I mean clearly Elon X marks the spot buddy (laughs) I I hope it works (laughs) the the struggles of Twitter uh, point to and this goes back to our previous guest in the previous discussion the idea that these are big powerful companies that have all of these things I think Elon Musk has made a lot of this up by the seat of his pants as he has gone. I think he's a pretty chaotic individual. Maybe good things have come out of that over time. But that attorney, and I hate to go back to it, but it's the First Amendment, Mm -hmm. not Section 230, that allows these companies 
to do what they do. If we sue them for uh, putting that content out there, do we sue McDonald's because of the way that obesity affects schools and affects school districts about the kids and the health problems that they have? Who else do we sue because of the problems that happen from overall cultural decay? We are experiencing problems with raising children. Families are in crisis. Schools are having problems. All of this is true. The idea that a class action lawsuit is going to solve this problem is so preposterous to me. And that this, I just, we have overstated the power and importance of these tech companies and under, understated the importance and power of parents and families and communities in looking after each other and their kids. You know what? I think you need to post that on X. I will. I'll exit, I'll exit right after this. I'll exit right after Joe's this. Joe's going to get mad. I want to, I want to include you, but I don't want to get yelled at by Joe, so I have to take us to break. We've got to get those sponsors in line. I've got to get invited back. Brought to you by X. He's in my ear, too. <laughs> Hunter Biden's day in court. The president's son is set to plead guilty this week, but... For the GOP and their investigation into the Bidens, well, that is far from over. We'll discuss coming up. Omo. Welcome back. Hunter Biden is set to appear in court on Wednesday for a hearing on his agreement with the Justice Department to admit to tax-related charges. It's not clear whether this plea deal will end the federal investigation into the president's son, but it certainly is not stopping GOP lawmakers from continuing to investigate the president's family. Hunter Biden's former business partner is set to appear before the House Oversight Committee next week. I want to bring in our panel, and if Julia, may I start with you? I was watching um, Sunday political shows, Don't Tell My Friends, a little bit nerdy, uh, and Chris Christie said... That it, he was, the question was poised to him, should the GOP lay off Hunter Biden? Maybe use their focus elsewhere. And he flat out said, absolutely not. So do you think that they are using their energy wisely while they investigate the president's son? Look, I think they're honing in on an issue, and we were talking about this off camera, that's very important to Republican primary voters, Republican voters in general, that there is a double standard in how Republicans and Democrats are being treated by uh, the Justice Department and federal law enforcement in this country. You have at this time these two parallel uh, legal events happening. You have the Hunter Biden saw and then you have Donald Trump and his legal issues. And I think Republicans want to, in the House, want to keep as much oxygen or shed as much light on the Hunter Biden saga in order to make that contrast clear and present that to voters. Now, in terms of whether uh, Chris Christie and other 2024 Republicans uh, should be talking about this, I think they will likely talk about this, but I wouldn't say this is a top issue for for voters in general. I think sticking with those kitchen table issues is probably the safest route to go. Right, because Hunter Biden also doesn't get you to the end zone. Mm-hmm. Let's say he was convicted of five felonies. That still doesn't deliver you to the president or harm the president. Every parent out here has a problem child, or a lot of them do, quite frankly. No kids are perfect. And he was a drug addict, if you will. I think the Republicans are trying to keep this in the atmosphere because Donald Trump has lots of indictments and probably some 71 felonies going to have more later this week and maybe by the end of August even more and stuff. But it's a false comparative. Maybe not to the GOP voters, but it's a false comparative to everyone else. When Donald Trump showed up at a presidential debate in 2016 with the women who had accused Bill Clinton of serious misconduct, of serious sexual misconduct, I thought, this is a crazy stunt. This is not going to work. These are two different things. Donald Trump's problems are different than that. And you know what? Yeah, we, Democrats didn't like that either. No. And, and you know what? 
creating the perception, and Jim Comey helped Donald Trump enormously mm -hmm. uh, on oh, this, man. but creating the perception among voters, everybody here is corrupt, everybody here is crooked, they're all on the take, they're all bad. That's what Trump wants. That's the narrative that Trump can, uh, in which he can win, which is to say everybody here is a criminal. So, as you said before, Mark, why not take the criminal who uh, will uh, bring down gas prices? And I do that's think the, the nominee, one issue, though, right? though that the, the, you're talking about the nominee, the right. nomination. Okay. People have a different. I think that people have a slightly different standard. If they could actually draw the lines, and they haven't drawn it yet, Scott, but if they could draw the lines where the president actually benefited to the tune of millions of dollars while he was vice president of the United States, mm -hmm. then I think that's, that changes the narrative. People have a different set of standards for that than we don't like your tweet, we didn't like whatever it is that you happen to say. And the interesting part is that he got impeached for calling for corruption investigations in Ukraine, and now we're investigating corruption in Ukraine. You know, Mark, I, I do, do want to bring in, you know, we heard from the but press secretary. No and speaking specifically uh, yeah. on the, the president, if I could play the soundbite, this is uh, the press secretary in response to, obviously, a number of people asking questions about whether or not he was taking phone calls with his son. Here it is. So I've been, I've been asked this question a million times. The answer is not going to change. The answer remains the same. The president ha was never in business with his son. I just don't have anything else to add. Just, that is actually a change in the answer. Because the president said, I'm not, he used to say, I've never discussed my son's business dealings with him. Then it was, I've never talked to my, my son's business partners. Now it's like, the president was not in business. No, the LLCs don't have Joe Biden's name on it. Where did the money go? Yeah. Besides Joe Biden's grandchildren and his daughters-in-law and sons and brothers, right, everyone will get paid. Oh, gonna, conjecture, gonna, Mark. We have bank records. No direct, there have been no the bank direct records. connections. Bank records okay, are there. Well then why didn't the GOP prosecutor appointed by Trump indict uh, uh, Hunter Biden. He wasn't allowed to. Oh, that's what okay. we saw the Western I, listen, last week. I, I would love to. I, we could do a whole show. <laughs> another thing. Oh, yeah. But I, ha I have to get. I have to get Elizabeth. <laughs> 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 We're going to exit. We'll let you two just handle it. <laughs> All right. But in the meantime, I do want to check in with Elizabeth Vargas. Um, she is reporting just minutes from now. She'll be previewing Wednesday's historic hearing on unidentified aerial phenomena or UAPs. I want to bring her in now, Elizabeth. Thank you so much for joining us after much anticipation. The day is almost here, and I know you've done a lot of work on this. Yeah, we have, and apparently they are, the members of Congress are getting calls from members of the public who all say they want to come and attend the hearings. There is enormous public interest. Um, these hearings are historic, only the second congressional hearing since 1968 on UFOs, or UAPs as they're now called. Uh, coming up in just a few minutes, we're going to talk with an expert reporter who's been reporting on this for years. Uh, on the fact that there have been, in fact, other secret Pentagon uh, programs uh, on UFOs that have been exposed using so-called black money, money that does not have to be publicly discussed or publicly disclosed. Uh, so we're going to delve into that as well as speak to somebody. You may have seen his story recently on Unexplained uh, Mysteries uh, on Netflix, that, that show, uh, an entire town on the East Coast back in September of 1969 saw something, and many people experienced something. We're going to talk to one man who was six years old that night when he claims he saw a UFO. It came right over his family car. Uh, we'll talk about his experience as well. As well, as we're going to have breaking news. Just moments ago, a news conference just wrapped up in Alabama in the Carly Russell case. Apparently, the young woman's attorney now confirming that, in fact, it was all a hoax. It was a lie. There was no child by the side of the road, that she had no help. We'll have all the details on what 
was revealed and possible charges she may face coming up. Wow, what a conclusion um, to a story that we watch so intimately. Yeah. Elizabeth, thank you so much. I, I know I'll be watching for a myriad of reasons. Thanks, Elizabeth. You Good to home. see you at the Hill today. I'm enjoying it. You too. You too. Thank you so much. You can watch Elizabeth Vargas reports right after the Hill at 6 p.m. Eastern. And up next, the claws are out. It's a game-changing oh. voting group in the 2024 oh, election. Elizabeth. <laughs> We're going to go straight to Mama Bears. <laughs> Unsubscribe. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. And we leave you with this. Conservative moms and grandmothers are getting into the political fray, and they're being called mama bears. Casey DeSantis started Mamas for DeSantis, and Trump proclaimed, don't mess with America's mamas. To the panel now, what is a mama bear? Who wants to go first? I'm, who's coming out against motherhood? I want to know who, <laughs> who, who, are the, who, are, who, who will me. condemn, Scott? Will you condemn no, motherhood? No, no, exactly. Take I, the love, I love Democratic and Republican That's right. That's right. Exactly. 20 <laughs> seconds. Yeah, Mark, pre you do it. Pretty simply, this is based on liberals going after mothers and saying, you have no business knowing what's going on with your children in their schools. We control it, not moms. You upset mom, you got an angry mama bear. Okay, well, I also don't want to upset Joe, so now i got to go. <laughs> thank you all for joining us, and thank you for watching The Hill on News Nation. We'll be back tomorrow, 5 p.m. Eastern. Elizabeth.